you're in for an incredible episode here but before we dive in can i just take two seconds from you just to hit the subscribe button or leave us a review on your favorite podcasting platform it's an enormous help to us and the guests that's enough from me let's dive into this episode So Sam, you've done what I think a lot of a lot of our listeners want to have done. You've created a business that basically runs itself, um, and then you've got this new business, Nifty Checks, that um, I'd love to talk a bit more about. But tell us about like how you how you got to where you are today. Uh, good people, a bit of luck, and just a bit of drive, really. I think. Um, so yeah, I mean, started plumbing and heating whenever it was, probably nine or 10 years ago, um, for myself, when I went self-employed, just coming back from traveling, you know, I was a plumber before that, but worked for a company and, uh, just had to get back out there. Uh, in the meantime, my old man had also qualified as a plumber. He transitioned from a farmer to a plumber. Yeah. Um, so it's quite funny, really. He sort of trained and sort of got out there doing plumbing at the same sort of time that I was doing it. And then, uh, after I came back from traveling, he was kind of running, running around like a blue ass what's it doing jobs for not merchants working Sundays and his missus was pulling her hair out. So, um, I sort of said, right, okay, I'm happy to sort of, how about we join forces and I'll sort of take control of the diary to stop you working silly hours. And, you know, we just became very busy very quickly. Um, and then it just grew really organically from then. One of the first lads that came on for me, Ricky, local lad, lad that I grew up with. Um, you know, you just, from word of mouth, we became very, very busy and we just sort of picked up the right people as we went. And then, uh, yeah, so West Country now, I think eight or nine years later, um, we got a team of sort of, sort of 20, 28 maybe now. Um, and yeah, really lucky that, you know, the, the, the people we have got working for us, they're all absolutely brilliant and it kind of runs itself now. Um, it's just crucial to get the right people. Yeah. Um, makes such a difference. Did you like plan to grow that from the start? Or, like, did you like, did you just kind of like figured it all out as you went along? Not at all. Yeah, figure it out. And that's what you do. You fi- When you say figure it out, you figure out everything the hard way as everyone does. And, you know, you get to this, you know, I, I feel I'm lucky I've got to this point. Some people get burnt out quicker. You know, I've, hit, I've done well, I've done rubbish. You know, I've been up and down, up and down. But, you just figure out everything as you, as you, as you, as you go through it. Um, I'm always, I've always never been afraid to ask questions. You know, I, I like, I like meeting people. I, I sort of like knowing what people do. I like asking people for advice if I think they sort of got some good advice in that sort of area. Um, so yeah, you know, find out the hard yeah, way yeah. every single way. Did you, did you learn from other, other, other people who've been in trades like ahead of you? You'd started businesses. Like- I didn't at all. I was probably a bit ballsy in the way that I remember day one, you know, I, I came back to my area and I set up myself as a plumber um, in my plumbing van. I remember walking in the plumber's merchant and this might be a bit cocky in my generation, but I remember standing in that plumber's merchant and sort of looking at a busy, busy counter of plumbers and thinking, this is, this is what I'm up against. You know, there's nothing groundbreaking going on here. If anything, it's just a, a bunch of grumpy plumbers that have been doing it their whole life already and are pretty sort of fed up and burnt out by it. So I knew, you know, I knew my competition and yeah, so very quickly, you know, the branding on the vans, I made sure the, you know, the branding on the vans really stood out. Yeah. You know, the uniform looked good. I made sure, you know, the lads were, the lads we were sort of getting on were, were good lads. And, uh, you know, just that alone really starts to set you 
set you apart. And uh, yeah, as soon as you we sort of started to get three or four vans on the road in the sort of local area, because I kind of knew a lot of people anyway, it was very quickly associated, oh, that's Sam's vans. And yeah, it really sort of rocketed from, from yeah. then on, really. I mean, what's interesting about that is that you're, like you're l- looking at the things that they're not doing right. And a lot of it seems to be from the customer's point of view, you will concentrate on the branding stuff and looking professional. And that's the thing that, you know, we see that the most. And even as a consumer myself, getting people in, like that's where people stand out. And But I don't think a lot of people in the trades necessarily appreciate how important that is. Yeah. But you saw that from the start. Absolutely. You know, and, and still to this, like, this day, like if I go you know, back towards my offices, quite often on a morning run, if I'm driving to my office, I will pass five or six of my vans. And I know they're my vans because they've got a lime green front. You, you, you spot them a mile away, you know, that makes me feel really good. But if I'm seeing it, and I, and I, I know everyone else sees it. And once we've done a job for someone, it's quite funny, you'll do a first job for someone, oh, I didn't know about you guys, you're just up the road, you're quite big. Yeah, and then uh, you do a job for them. Next time you go, you know, one of the lads go around, they're like, no, no, I see your vans everywhere. Everywhere I drive, there's a green van. <laughs> I think sky vans get confused for us a lot of the time. We're like, oh, I saw one of your vans up in Scotland. I was like, no, I don't think you did. But yeah, yeah, probably were up in Scotland. It was definitely a sky van, I think. But um, so yeah, just little things like that. And but I get it. It, it, it. You know, I think there's a new gen, our generation coming through. You know, there's a bit more, bit more go about them with that sort of stuff. My dad's generation, definitely not. You know, they were kind of, you know, if they had their initials on the side of the van, that was as far as they go. I think there's this, 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 this whole wariness of growing people, people, it's the unknown and people are scared to grow. I, we grew, I think we kind of got forced upon us just because we were doing a good job and the work was coming in. Um, and it sort of came from my frustration of, you know, I want to be able to fulfill all these jobs for the customers. I don't want to say to one of my you know, normal customers, do you know what, I can't get to you for four weeks because oh, I don't want to use anyone else. So I kind of felt that there was a, I had to sort of do something about it. Um, so that pushed it along a bit. And yeah, just being brave, you know, it's everything's a risk as long as it's as calculated a risk as you can possibly make it, I think. Yeah, go for it. What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure lots, but um, yeah. yeah, I guess that, that's the thing when most people get stuck though, it's like, is that a growing thing? Cause they're like, I'm too busy. I'm like, I'm busy. Like, I can't, I can't do anymore. I can't like, like what, what did you do differently there? What, what were the things that you were like to get past that? And then this is a tough bit. It's the seesaw moments in business where, you know, you're at full capacity and it's just, it's just grafting. I'm not, not going to lie. The first, you know, my early twenties, it was, I was working, I would make sure I'm in the office at six o'clock and I wouldn't leave a lot of time till 10 o'clock. And you know, who wants to do that? But it's put me in good stead now. I'm 34 now and I've got a business that kind of runs itself. I'm setting up a new business, you know, on the, on the other side of West Country Plumbing. We started electrical and that's growing very quickly on the, on the back of that just because we've got a presence already. So putting in that groundwork early really, really helped. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's a beast. These seesaw moments where you get, you know, you're overwhelmed with work and that's when you're out working silly o'clock um but it's also i think what i did was i i didn't employ someone when it was too late i would employ people when i knew that that role was three quarters filled because i knew that last you know the last quarter would come in um 
you just by being a bit more proactive, you can get more work. Um, so yeah, whenever there was a sort of role that was opening up, without putting too much stress on me, my team that were around me, I'd make sure we start getting them, someone lined up for that role. Um, but I guess it's those things because like the, the grafting, there's plenty of people who graft, but they're just focused on what's in front of them. Not like you're thinking like, okay, I want to grow this business. So I need to hire people. People seems to be the biggest theme that even in the last few minutes that you've kind of brought up that has enabled you to grow it. And handing responsibility to someone else. That is, and I was bad for it. And I, you know, you talk to anyone who's run businesses and, you know, where I've running my business now, everyone where I've got to now to, along the way, I've, I've spoken to so many people that have been, you know, my peers. And I'm like, how have you got to that position where, you know, you're now, you know, you've got a team running the show and you've managed to step away and you speak to anyone and handing the reins over is, is the hardest thing. You know, you're like, no, this business will not work without me. I need to be the one doing this. It's just not true. And I know it's, you know, everyone's business is their baby, you know, to hand that to someone else and potentially it'd be ruined. I mean, that shouldn't happen logically because you should be overseeing it, you know? Um, and if you've got the right person in that place, they, you know, they're going to be taking that role very seriously and they're going to be doing as good, best a job they can for you. Um, but you need to get yourself, you know, out of the thick of it to be able to sort of oversee what's going on and to really, you know, we, we all get, I, I get all my ideas when I'm driving around or cycling around now, you know, you go, pop, 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 you get all these great ideas, but you get back in the thick of it, you're never going to pull it off. Um, you need to be able to separate yourself, give yourself some time, um, because you, you'll find your employees, you know, they, they, they'll thrive off all these ideas you give to them. They'll thrive off you've grown the business that, you know, so if you can get these things off the ground, um, yeah. And how, how do you hire good people? What do you look for? In a, how do I also? How do you hire good people? What, what do you look for? What qualities do you look for? Qualities, for me, a lot of it. So I'm, I'm probably not the best person to, for employing people because I, I go a lot from how I feel, sort of how I get on with that person. And that's, so my, you know, West Country now, I, I feel that it is the group of people that are in it. are all very similar, all very, you know, we're all, there's quite an age range, but we all have similar humour, even down to that sort of stuff. You, when I've employed people before and I'm like, I just, I, they can be amazing at their job, but I can just tell that it's, they're not quite the right fit. And, for some, and then they're the ones that end up leaving. There's kind of nothing you can do about that, really. So for me, what I look for is, you know, honesty, work ethic. You know, I want someone to have a bit of go about them. I don't want it to just be a job for them. You know, I want them to be able to see progression within the company. I want them, I want them to stay with me. I want them to integrate with the lads. I want us to be, you know, a club. Even if, you know, the boss man is no longer, he's, he's disappeared and he's, doing his new business. I don't want them to ever feel like I'm not part of that. You know, I've, I've left them alone. I'm not part of their club anymore. I always want them to be able to come to me. Um, and they, you know, they, they figure out those boundaries themselves. Um, so yeah, it's work ethic really. You know, I want to see someone with a bit of spark in them. Um, yeah. And do, do you then find that like, if you go after people like that, that Obviously, you want them to stay with you, but do you find then you get people more often than not then go out and want to start their own business because they're that kind of person. They're driven to, you do. to do that. Or? Yeah, you do. I think we've had, to be fair, I mean, over eight years and God, there's so many people we've employed and sort of who've sort of come through the mix, not many actually have gone off to start their own business. I think 
you know, I don't, I, don't, I, I think the ones I have, I've been sort of given a bit of support to. Um, no, it's, it's a funny one. I don't know who that, the, the people that come, that come to the business, I, I suppose they're the people we don't actually end up employing are people that already think they're going to start their own business or already, you know, or just using you as a stepping stone to get information. I met, I don't know, maybe some of the lads that, or ladies that work for me have, did come to me originally thinking they were going to start their own thing, but because they're having a good time with us, there's there's kind of no point in them doing it. Um, I think there's two different types of people. I think I think it's it's a lot of my employees see how difficult it is to start a business. I think first of all in their head it looks very simple. Oh, you did it, you know. But when they actually, because we're very honest about the mechanics of the business and sort of what's going on, I think when they actually see, you know problems you get, what you have to be doing, how hard, you know, you have to work in the evenings to get your paperwork done, blah, 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 all this sort of stuff. And then they actually look at it and go, do you know what, eight to five on the salary I'm on, you know, is, is, is great. Um, so I don't really know what, I don't know what made me tick to, to push it on a bit. I think it was kind of a bit more of a sense of responsibility and I get itchy feet. I am, I'm terrible for, I, mean, I want to push things to the next step. I see an opportunity and I want to, you know, I want to get to that. I want to test myself. I think I'll get, yeah. Mm. Was it easy to go into like a, a different trade? Cause like, did you have any background in the electrical side? I didn't at all. So yeah, it came from, again, the right person coming forward to me. Um, so it's a bit of a funny story if you want to hear it. But yeah, 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 that's it. Not yeah. funny for the guy who's running it, but yeah, about a pheasant. So, uh, so we've always had a, a subcontractor. Well, so back in the day, um, when me and my dad were plumbing, we had um, worked closely with one of my dad's close friends. They used to run a football side together um, called Matt, um, and he was an electrician. So we do the plumbing. He always did our electrics. Um, we then met another electrician, John Posh John, we call him because he's a very posh doc voice. Um, so uh, and then Posh John also started working with Matt. Started working together, working with all of us. Um, Posh John. Did a bit of shooting, so he gave Matt a pheasant, and Matt was plucking the pheasant, put his back out very, very badly. Ended up in hospital, and basically, sort of about three years, three or four years off work. In the meantime, John carried on doing all our electrical stuff, and obviously, our company grew. Um, so yeah, I think it was, when, it was it was when Matt sort of wanted to, you know, I met up with Matt again after he was sort of a bit better, and he said, oh, "I want to get back into it. I want to, you know, I want to start doing stuff." He can't go out and physically. Do the is be an electrician himself, um, and West Country the size it was. I said, look, you know, you need to get out there. You need to be doing something again. You, you know, you've got a great mind on him. Um, I was like, how about we set up West Country Electrical? We just, you know, off the back of West Country Plumbing, you you start electrical and you just run it. We'll get some lads in. It, you know, gives you a, gets you working again. You're not on the tools, um, and that's what we did really. So again, it's the right person. You know, he was he wanted that opportunity. It was absolutely brilliant for me. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where that came from, really. So from from plucking a pheasant, yeah, brilliant. Um, and, and like in, in in growing that like business, like other than people, like how do you get to the stage where it can run itself? Because that's like most people's dreams, but they can't figure out how the hell they'd get there. Yeah, really difficult, and that's only really happened in the last year or so. Um, you know, COVID played a big part in that. COVID was an absolute muddle. You know, we had to shut down for a bit. Um, but I think it was uh, through COVID, it was amazing how I realized my team really, really took their roles really seriously. Um, 
because, you know, we had to shut the company down, start it back up again. And they were really busy within their roles and we managed to do it without me having to do everything. You know, I just sort of focused on little bits and bobs to get it up and going again. Um, so only in the last couple of years where I've, you know, I've got now, you know, girls in accounts, girls downstairs on the phones, who just do an amazing job. And then upstairs we got, you know, two lads that work their way up through the ranks that are quoting the jobs, running the jobs. And then recently made, um, who's Tom, who's always been my right-hand man from the start, who was chomping at the bit for the opportunity, made him MD. I said, look, you know, I'm really becoming a spare. And I was actually starting to become a spare part. Um, I went down to four days a week. You know, I started messing around with nippy checks and stuff and kind of gently sort of shied away to see if, if they would just cope with it. And they did. So they kind of drifted away a little bit more and they would just sort of run the show. So, you know, sort of approached Tom and Tom also, you know, he was, I think he was about to approach me and say, look, I need the next step. And, uh, yeah, said, so how about you run it? And yeah, absolutely brilliant. So yeah, and now, you know, I just sort of check in with them. Obviously they come to me whenever they want, but I always try and stay a part of it. That's a weird transition. You suddenly walk into the office and you're like, all right, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, don't we do anything? It's like, you can check your emails. I was like, oh yeah, better do that. Um, but like, I can't get stuck into anything because then I become a crucial part in that project. So, you know, it was at one point it got me down a little bit. I was like, I go into the office for a full day and I was like, kind of run out of stuff to do, um, which is, you know, where you want to get to. And then it's, you know, then you think, well, this is where I need to be to be able to get my, get my thoughts out there and, you know, push it along a little bit more. So it, but it took a long time to grow to that, you know, it's this whole, you know, you need, you know, four or five guys out in the field to pay for that one person in the office. These seesaw moments, you know, you've got, you know, 10 employees. So you've got two of you working in the office very hard managing quite a big team, you know, you then get up to 15 employees. It's like, oh, do we get that next person in the office? And you're watching the wages. And the, um, so these seesaw moments where, you, you know, you're doing great, but you're working flat out and then you take someone on and then, you know, the sort of profit plateaus a little bit, but but it's more comfortable. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of working it up to them really. Yeah. And you mentioned like when you, you mentioned now, like young, you've got this younger generation coming through yeah. who sort of, understand a bit more about maybe the business side like why do you think that is not necessarily the business side they just they're more i think everyone's always been very proud of the work they do and you know plumbing and electrical and all the sort of trades and stuff but you've got instagram you've got they're very tech savvy they know how to straight away they know how to promote you know they're better at me at promoting what they do you know i can make a plumbing video and i'll just stick it up on instagram whereas they can within five minutes, make it, you know, add music to it, do all this, make it look really good. So I think they don't realize it, but they've got a lot of sales in them already, you know, and, and, and there is this, like this whole you know, online sort of competitiveness on Instagram, you know, look at this boiler installation, look at this one. And also, you know, they get a pat on the back for it. You know, if they've done a really good job and it's gone viral or something, you know, they get buzz from that. So I think, you know, the, the, the young generation, so we see it, within us we've got some you know plumbers that are doing some absolutely mean stuff mm. you know in the same time as you do any installation they're doing this magnificent installation that looks you know really cool with black clips black pipe you know they're really really sort of yeah. going for it you know um so yeah i think you know they're definitely definitely keener and i think you know it's more accessible you know software you know software that's out there makes it a, a lot easier it's a lot more intuitive it's not clunky that is another thing that people growing up with technology 
understand like how much efficiency they can they can drive through using good software and i guess the other thing from from our point of view is is looking professional that's something that we try to bring to the table it's not just efficiency and automation it's the the sales side of it and and ultimately we see customers want to they used to buy stuff on amazon right And and, and a lot of your competitors Give, give you a paper quote or something that is like handwritten. Like, exactly. Yeah. So. yeah it's, it's the instant world now, isn't it? You know, it is, um, and yeah, the stuff that's out, what you can do now. I mean, me, I'm, I'm no techie at all. If someone asked me to create an email footer, I would not be able to do it. Honestly, it'd be the biggest struggle ever. Canva, that's what you need to use. Canva, yeah. is it? Free version. You, you, you'd be able to knock someone out with a template. Absolutely. That's exactly what I need. Little exactly. tip. Yeah, a little tip. I'm on it. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I need to find, you know, I need a solution that is already pre-built, you know, that I can just literally up my logo, my logo to, and it looks professional. It's already, it's already got a load of wording in there, which, you know, inspires me to just tailor it a little bit, um, you know, because I don't want to come up with all the wording from scratch um, on quotes, invoices and stuff. Um, you know, it, it, you need to you know, get rid of that barrier for people to be able to use decent software. Um, so yeah, definitely. This is definitely. And the like scheduling side of it, do you use like mobile apps with your team to like yeah. get more organized? Or yeah. Like- so like field management, so all the guys have got like PDAs, um, which is brilliant. You know, so on these PDAs, you've got, you know, all your certificates, boiler certificates, boiler servicing, landlord safety, the electrical certificates and stuff. So it's all in there. Um, they've got their diary. They can see what they're doing later on the week. You know, when they get to a job, they log in, say they've logged in. Um, they, you know, you can pre-populate the, the questions you want them to answer at the end of the job, you know, down to, you know, in COVID, have you worn your COVID mask, blah, 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 yeah. all this sort of stuff. Um, so, which is great. And it's so easy to change. Um, it's, it's not daunting at all. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we need that. And, and I, we could not do without it now. You know, I think about when I, when I first started, I think we were using iCal, Apple iCal, and it was just so clunky. Um, but, you know, we had five, six of us. And then, you know, when we had to place that software with someone, I spent a long time looking around, um, really getting my head around it. And, you know, didn't realize the solution I was actually buying had so much more capability either. That was That was the best thing. You know, I was looking for just like a, field management solution thinking it was going to cost a fortune um which it actually doesn't um, and i just couldn't do without it now you know yeah. even even if i was a one-man band i would not go back to a you know paper diary yeah. i would still use that software and it would as far as i'm concerned it pays for itself mm-hmm. so yeah. right yeah but and two of the biggest themes that i see out there at the moment i'm interested to get your opinion on yeah. people i guess in the trades typically you go out and you quote for free yeah you ever thought about charging for quotes or do you do, you do that? Or? It's a tough one. No, I think people want, it's a tough one. And this is where it's difficult if you're a one man band, because it's, you know, it's, it's super annoying that you can spend an hour, two hours, bathrooms, especially like it's nothing worth you go and quote a bathroom and you go, right. What do you want then? They're like, Oh, we don't know. Like, what do you think? Like, I'm not here. I can't design your bathroom. You know, you've asked me, you've, come, you've asked me for a bathroom quote. I'm here. What, what do you want? And then, oh, like, you've got an idea what tiles? Oh, no, what colour do you think? It's like, no, 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 no. Right, I will go away. When you've got a bit of an idea, you know, you, you, that's the worst case scenario. But you can spend hours and hours. Um, so should you quote, yes, maybe, 
you know, maybe that would sort of weed out the, the people that aren't that serious. Um, how much you could charge for it, I don't know. Um, you could hire a designer. In your team. Hire a designer, yeah. Offer that service. Yeah, offer that service, exactly. But it's, you know, you need to have a certain size team yeah, to be able to pay yeah. for that facility. Um, so no, with us, you know, in it, unfortunately, our world just, you know, the, the trade world just hasn't got together and changed. Everyone is still, you know, quoting for free, I think, really. Um, so if we were going to suddenly start saying, oh, no, we're going to start charging, I think that would do us yeah. a huge disservice. So the trick is to be efficient, I think, is to not spend too much. At the end of the day, you're getting a price yeah. to someone for them to make an instant decision as to whether it's too expensive or not. So whether, you know, maybe it doesn't have to be a quote, maybe an estimate, maybe like, look, what we're going to do first of all, we're going to build you a quick estimate. I'm not going to spend too long. I just want to get a price in your head so you can say yay or nay. Um, and, you know, you don't waste our time. We don't waste your time. If, you, if, if it looks okay, then we'll come in and do a proper full quote. And, you know, and then into your pricing, you build that service, that cost for that service into that. Um, I mean, heat pumps is a massive. I was going to say, yeah, that's that's where it sort of comes up a lot because the complexity <sighs> of that quoting process. If you're going to do, you know, a full calc on a house for a heat pump and get it absolutely smack on, you might be spending a day and a half of your life. You're just not going to do that for someone that's going to go twenty grand. You're on a lap. Yeah. Oh, I thought my mate down the road told me it was going to be seven. No chance. It's like, oh, you can't do that. Yeah. Um, so again, you know, you know, work with your manufacturer. You know, they you, you can get them enough. They'll they'll give you a sort of quoting sheet of the sort of data that they need to be able, be able to produce a quick quote. That you can produce a quick quote um, just to get a price to them. And then, you, but it's it's all about being a you know you explain this to the customer first of all. This is how this works. This is how we're going to do it. Um, you know, you're going to get a quick quote from us when you're serious. Then we will book in for a full quote, and that is built into the price because it takes a day and a half of someone's life, um, and we need to know you're serious. So, um, yeah, all the odds and sods jobs, all the little bits and bobs, I, you know, you should be able to give people a quick sort of quote over the phone or, you know. Do you ever do like a video call or anything? To- yeah, I've done bits and bobs like that. So, yeah, again, like, you know, someone rings up and asks for a kitchen tax to replace. It's not just, yeah, fine, that's just flat rate. You know, it'd be an hour, easy peasy. You don't know. It could be a Belfast sink, you know, pain in the ass to get to. We always, you know, and it's, and it's edu- training your team, you know, ask the team to make sure to send an email, send us a picture of what you've got, um, you know, send us a WhatsApp, you know, send us some pictures really quickly um, and then we can give you a pretty good quote. Um, so, yeah, sometimes, you know, it's a bit of forward and back with the customer, but they're always happy to do that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, Especially with phones and stuff, it's easy yeah. to now, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah. Do you just, um, is it like, do you go with whatever communication channel they want? Like, do you use WhatsApp or... Text. To a certain extent, it's hard work because, you know, one minute, you, you, oh, I got, I sent you a message through WhatsApp. So I'm sorry, I've got about 50, you know, we're all yeah, in these yeah. WhatsApp groups and you got about 50,000 WhatsApp messages and you missed the one or someone will get in contact with you through Facebook or through Instagram. So you've got all these different channels and, yeah, and uh, email. Um, so, no, we don't. We I always try and direct people through the office. It's, it's good then because... You know, it sort of starts from the beginning and we get a touch on them from the beginning and it's, sort of, you know, rather than someone coming directly through me, through WhatsApp and stuff, I'm happy to do that with people I know, but I always try and direct people with the office. It just means nothing gets lost then. Um, yeah, and I mean, the, the channels that we promote on our website and stuff to get in contact, 
you know, they're there, but at the end of the day, you know, if someone gets your number, they're going to ping your WhatsApp message. So, <laughs> and then you get those, you've looked at it and you get those ticks and then you've got to answer to it. And it's, <laughs> so it's, yeah, that's just the way the world is. Um, so. Have you ever thought about selling your business? Or one of your business? Oh, I don't know really. No. No. I've got grumpy with it before. You know, I've been really down in the dumps with it, you know, in the hardest times and, you don't usually think about selling it then, but it's not packaged and ready to go. I suppose now, where it is now, it is probably more packaged and ready to sell. I don't know what that world looks like. I suppose it would be a very good bolt-on for another company. Um, but it, it, where it is now, it, it, I, I appreciate it for what it is. It's got me to a good standard of life at the age that I'm at. You know, to be to have a company that's running itself, paying me. Yeah. Lot, and I'm, I'm able to go and do other things. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know what it's worth. I don't know what it's sort of like. It's, the reason I raised that is we we had um, we've recorded some other um, stuff we haven't put out yet, but we talk about um, exit planning. Yeah. And and like, what do you want to do with this business? I mean, I guess in a, in a sense, you kind of have got a sort of bit of an exit here, in that you create this business that runs itself, and yeah. in doing so, you've created something that if you wanted to, you could sell. Like yeah. a lot more easily than someone who's like the business all totally depends on them. Yeah. But I guess also it means that it's still bringing you in cash and it's running itself. So why not keep it? But and yeah, you're right. So like this whole succession sort of thing. So yeah, so I suppose that's probably about four or five years ago. I think this came after like multiple, you know, we had Brexit, we've had COVID, that's most recently. I've, I've had a few batterings, you know, proper kickings through business along the way and every single one of those you you're you know the stress you're able to deal with you, you're raising that bar every time and I think you get to a point where it switches and you stop and, and again this comes to like my business is my baby and it's my world and you kind of transition from that to it's my business and I want it to do this for me I don't apps I love it but I don't love it anymore if it suddenly disappeared I, you know, I'd be a little bit upset but I wouldn't be heartbroken anymore I wouldn't feel like a failure it's that switching to um, this is a business this is what it's for this is you know I don't love it anymore I don't need this to be absolutely perfect I just need it to be doing this um, and that's the whole succession thing as well if you can get your business to a point where you can step away from it then yes it's sellable so that whole journey maybe if you can sort of get that mentality into your head from the start that you know, and it, and it's keeping those goals, having those stepping stones, keeping them in the forefront of your mind, and not varying away from them. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, how do you get through those tougher times that you mentioned? Like, do you, <laughs> do you, do you reach out to people around you? Or? Always, always. Yeah. So like, I've been, I've pulled over on the side of the road multiple times. I've had a team of twenty, and it's been going horribly wrong. And I've had to, you know, I'm having a panic attack, and I'm breathing into a paper bag, and trying to deal with it all myself and not talking to anyone about it. Every time I've hit one of those real, you know, sort of blown a fuse, like all that, I probably had five, four or five of them in my life where, you know, things have just got so on top of me that I have blown a fuse. And I'm in that situation. The quickest way for me to recover is to tell everyone, tell the world, you know, speak to, you know, the first person I always go to is my mum. And it's mum, mum, you know, I let her, and she's like, she's, all she does is says, you'll be all right, pat on the back, you know, chin up, off you go again. You know, it's, you know, 
it's it's only money, it's only a problem, it's only this, you know. You, you, yeah. um, and then I'll tell my friends. I'll always be, I'm really, really transparent as to what's going on, always have been. Um, because the more people I tell, the better I feel. And, you know, some maybe that makes me feel like I've got a team behind me that will know about it. I don't know. Some weird psychology of that. But, um, yeah, tell people, ask for guidance. You know, there's, you know, everyone, I would like to think, you know, most people in business would know other businesses with peers, people they look up to that have got to a certain stage. You know, you shouldn't, you should, should go and ask them. And, you know, the people, you know, those peers probably would happily share, share with you how they got through their problems. Um, so, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So, but the one thing this business has, so getting that business to that state has enabled you to do is yeah. start Nippy Checks. So, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Nippy Checks is basically, it's, at the moment, it's me out on an electric cargo bike. It's like a small sort of electric tuk tuk. Um, a company called Eve in Oxfordshire make them. Um, they're designed for last mile delivery. Um, so yeah, I'm a bit of a different application for them. Um, but yeah, so it came from a frustration of my lads working in the Bristol city area, struggling to park outside jobs, having to pay for parking, um, trying to get around town in traffic, um, and doing a lot of small jobs like boiler servicing, landlord safety certificates, where they're kind of driving around in a big van and taking one or two tool bags out. Um, and yeah, I, you know, about four years ago now, I got into electric mountain biking. I, got, I was into mountain biking. I got an electric mountain bike and I was just sort of like, wow, the, the sort of miles you can do on this thing are ridiculous. And uh, at that time, I was kind of toying with the idea of how to use a different product to sort of get around Bristol. And I thought, wow, yeah, electric, electric mountain bike, you know. So we pitched my electric mountain bike against a few of the vans on the six extremities of Bristol see how the bike performed compared to the van and the bike just whoops ass you know you're going up the cycle lane 50 mile an hour barely pedaling barely breaking a sweat the van's stuck in traffic you can take shortcuts bus lanes cycle routes um and i sort of started really seriously thinking about putting engineers on electric mountain bikes with pannier bags with tools in and i was really looking at the tools condensing the tools down to a tool bag because you can get small everything now you can get a small analyzer you can get you know manometers that are this big um multimeters that are this big um, so I was really looking at, but the one thing I sort of was stumbling on basically was just wet weather, you know, on those worst wet days, miserable days, you do not want to be out in the, you know, out in the rain. Um, so yeah, kind of everything was perfect with it. You know, I, I couldn't see a problem with the whole business idea apart from the sort of mode of transport. Um, so I parked it and I just got very busy with West Country again, electrical and stuff. And then it was about six or seven months ago, my mum spotted Eve, or one of the Eve bikes on Instagram, and was like, oh, this would be perfect for nippy checks. Pull your finger out, get on with it. And I was like, fair bit, mum, that'll work. Um, so I bombed up there and sort of trialed a few out, and yeah, and that was it really. It gave me the confidence to launch it. Um, and I've been out in it now for the last, I think I've done three months on the bike, I'm gonna do another three months before I start to put engineers on it. Um, just so I've ironed out every single problem um and make sure it, you know i don't want to just stick someone on the bike and just be like make it work because again that would just be me being a crap boss you know and they would just get grumpy so i need it to be i need to know them inside out before i really sort of you know put lads out on them and yeah. uh, it's, it's brilliant it's just yeah very nerve-wracking at the start because you just 
so conscious that this is going to fail. I've missed something. You know, this just isn't going to work. But fact of the matter is, it just outperforms my expectations every time. You know, and I'm having serious fun with it. Yeah. I'm zooming around with my ear pods in. Yeah. Got my phone on the handlebars, which is like my, you know, my, I'm like in my little office, yeah. bombing around town in the fresh air. Zooming through stuff. Yeah, and I'm getting some exercise. I'm spinning my legs, and I'm just, yeah, I'm super efficient. I'm getting around these six, seven jobs a day. Yeah. Um, people love it. It's hilarious. When I pulled up here, you know, you got some, you got some workers out the front there, and I pulled up, and they're like, "Oh, but you got some sandwiches in there, kid." <laughs> I was like, you know, the remarks you get are great, but you know, road workers, brilliant. You get your sandwiches out. Um, maybe that's the next business, sandwich wagons. But yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's great. You know, you, people, you constantly seeing people looking at it. It's, it's a absolutely brilliant billboard for advertising. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, stand uh, out. yeah. And just everyone smiles when they yeah. see it. It's great. So uh, so yeah. So I'm going to do another three months with it. Really get it. Make sure it works on just all the things I want it to be working on: boiler servicing, landlord safety certificates, all the sort of minor jobs. I'm taking on extra bits and bobs, shower repairs and stuff, just because I want to see how I can cope with it. Um, but again, that comes from being organised. You know, I'm not just going blind to a job. You know, if someone wants me to, either they've got a fault with thermostatic shower, send me a picture of your shower. Has it got any serial numbers on it? Blah, blah, blah. If I can't be 100% sure that I'm going to get the right replacement shower cartridge for that shower, you know, I'll be, I'll be open to them and say, look, the first visit is going to be me coming out and taking that shower cartridge out, getting a picture of it so I can send it off so we make sure we get the exact one, but it's going to be two visits. Um, but, you know, your customers will give you pictures and stuff so you can really, really arm yourself with the right information before you go. Um, so, yeah. Do you reckon you've got engineers lined up or you'd be up for it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've already had, like, even through the website, we've had, you know, I, I, I'm not sure you there, but I've had a few people come forward saying, oh, I really like this. You know, if there's any job opportunities, give me a shout. There isn't at the moment because I don't want to stick someone on until I'm absolutely perfect with it. But yeah, and it, it's, you know, I, I'm very aware in the plumbing world, I've, I've sort of got all eyes on me at the moment. I go in the plumber's merchants, you know, I know most of the plumbers and they're like, they're like, oh, are you getting on with that then? They're all very, very, they're watching and uh, yeah, interested. Um do you get a lot of people telling you like it's stupid? Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, no, not to face, no one to face, but um, you know, anything you stick, you know, on Instagram or you know, it's, you know, you'll do this podcast guarantee you'll get someone going. Electric boy comes up, this is ridiculous. It's like yeah, and then they'll get a knock on the door, and then an Amazon parcel will get delivered to them, and be. You know, someone on an electric bike. Oh yeah, cheers. No, you didn't take no. Oh, so they get around all right, but uh, yeah. For some reason, plumbers shouldn't be able to operate in an electric cargo bike. Yeah, you've got a laser space in the back, I think. Oh, it's massive. For what I wanted to do, it's you know, I could do with it being a bit smaller, really. Um, but yeah, loads of space. Um, you know, and then, you know, what are the barriers? Weather, really. I think that's the biggest thing that off puts people. And you know, weather didn't scare me. I grew up on a farm, you know, every day I'd have to, you know, when I was working on the farm, you jump in a tractor with no doors on it, you freezing cold at every gate. You know, in the winter, every gate you, you touch your hand sticks to it. Um, so, you know, get out there, you just wear the right kit, don't you? Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. Oh, there you are. Awesome. What, what are your ambitions for the business? I want it to be as, you know, good for the city as possible. I want it to be a gateway also into, you know, plumbers or heating engineers that necessarily don't want to do the wet work maybe haven't got a driver's license but they can train as a gas engineer and just do boiler servicing you know just be a real 
you know, geek on the actual appliances and and just do boiler repairs and servicing. Um, but yeah, mainly I want it to be good for the city. I want it to be efficient, as efficient as possible. Um, I want to, you know, yeah, I want to do some good stuff. I want to do some, some, some cool carbon offsetting and stuff like that. Um, there's a lot, lot of secret stuff that I'm not going to say, but yeah, at the moment it's just, you know, get it operational, make sure it's working. I want it to outperform, you know, vans. Um, you know, it's definitely going to be a trend, you know, I'll definitely as we, as we get bigger already, I'm condemning boilers and stuff and, you know, they want to quote for a replacement boiler. I want to be, I want us to be able to do that in house. We won't be able to do that on an eve. I know that, you know, carrying boiler pipe and stuff. So we'll, we'll get a couple of electric vans. Um, but I, I, as much work as possible, I want, you know, these tuk tuks out there doing it. Definitely. Um, That's so, awesome. Yeah. So it attracts a lot of attention from, you know, like people around the city, like, I don't know, media or like... Yeah, you know, definitely did, yeah. People running the city. Like. Yeah, definitely with like with the EVE as well. They're obviously getting a lot of publicity, but, you know, Bristol City Council have been great. The Clean Air Zone coming in, they yeah. gave me a shout and did a blog on that. Yeah. Um, because, you know, and it's quite funny. As this, this Clean Air Zone, you know, we've all known it's coming, but now it's actually in place. Yeah. The last couple of weeks, you know, I'll pull up to a property, I'll be on the driveway, the neighbour will come out, he's like, oh, I bet that's good for the clean air zone. And all of a sudden it's good now, is it? So, you know, whereas I had people sort of sneering at me before, now it's like, oh, now it's a good idea, is it? He's um, like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I've got a gardening company. I've only got a little van. I was thinking about one of these because now, you know, last week I had to pay three times to go into the clean air zone. And then, you know, showing him around the vehicle, showing him the back of it and stuff. So... Yeah, it's, it's going to start sort of niggling people, this clean air zone. But, you know, it is what it is. It's rightly so. You know, we want our city to be as, yeah. as clean as possible. Then, um, and the technology is out there now. I know electric vans are expensive. Um, it's quite a, quite an investment. Um, so, yeah, maybe these for smaller jobs are yeah. sort of good. I guess, yeah. I mean, it's a big part of your brand, though, right, as well. So, like, you are, sorry. It's a big part of your brand. Definitely. Your checks. So yeah, like, definitely. Yeah. Nipping around, doing, yeah. doing checks. So, uh, that's kind yeah. of where it came from. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, other publicity, just people pick up fixed radio have been really good. So yeah. they're just interested in anything sort of new that's going on. Um, so yeah, they've checked in with me twice, which has been really nice. Points West. It's West at one point, so yeah, it's cool. I think it, it's this whole sort of movement. There's there's a real shift in our industry. There's a massive shift to heat pumps and renewables. You know, in transport, there's a massive shift to you know sustainable sort of getting around the city sustainably. You know, voice scooters you see them everywhere. They're great. Yeah. Um, so you know, electric cars are becoming more prominent. So the next ten years is going to be really really fun. I think for anyone that's up for it. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, and are you getting more involved in like any like heat pumps we mentioned, but like solar and stuff? Like- Massively. Yeah. So I've been really lucky. So we launched electrical not long ago and obviously solar and battery systems have just gone absolutely mad. So we launched at the right time with the electrical company because they're just absolutely flat out fitting battery systems, Tesla batteries, um, give energy batteries. We, we do a lot of those and, you know, covering people's roofs and PV. Um, it's brilliant. And then also we've always done heat pumps um, with West Country Plumbing, but they're just coming through thick and fast. So it's quite nice really. We've always done them, but now all the younger lads that sort of have been with us for maybe sort of two or three years, I haven't really done many. I'm really starting to get a fit a load of those now. 
get their head around the tech. And uh, and it also works really well. We're getting a lot of jobs where it's like, oh yeah, I want to rip my oil boiler out, put me in some heat pumps, also cover my roof in PV, give me a Tesla battery, and I'll have an EV charger. And we're doing everything, you know. So, you know, they're real big, ch- chunky jobs. And it's nice new stuff. Um, so yeah, seeing a massive surge in that at the moment as well. So yeah, yeah. So all companies sort of firing all cylinders, really. So yeah, brilliant. Is it, would you ever want to take your your business national, or is it always like would they always be local? Like, always be local. Yeah, West Country definitely always be local. Um, I don't know how, how that would go national, but the sort of you just have to be massive, I think. And I. Yeah, and uh, getting my head around the whole, you know, lads traveling miles and stuff. So I think West Country Plumbing would always stay local and electrical. Nippy checks, as far as I'm concerned, there's no reason, if it works in this city, there's no reason why you can't just put that in every single city, Um, you know, with a simple business model. And that's kind of, you know, that's in the front of my mind. I'm really lucky to be able to do that. Um, Yeah, I don't want to, yeah. Just, just with the actual sort of small bikes themselves, doing the limited jobs, doing boiler services, doing land and safety certificates, nipping around town, being able to get to those properties that vans just can't get anywhere near. I mean, for Bristol, yeah, Bristol, yeah, it's been tiny little roads. Oh, it's cracking. So this got Finsworth's Reach, which isn't far away from here. You know, that's a new complex of loads of flats and bars and stuff that's just off Castle Park, um, and you can't unless you've got the green light from the, I don't know, the security guys and you've organized it, you can't get your van anywhere near the middle of it. You know, whereas I just zoomed over the, the bridge by left hand giant from Castle Park, <laughs> straight into like, stay into a little cobbled lane into the middle of the complex, parked, went all the way around, parked by the front door where the lift is, it took me up to number 777 flat. And, you know, I was there. If I was in, in a van, God knows where I would park it. I'd probably have, you know, be miles away. I'd be walking all my kit. So, you know, solutions like that, it's absolutely brilliant. Um, you, like you, you say like these are built for like last mile delivery, but I've not seen much. I've not seen any others. Like, are they there or am I just not seeing So them? yeah, so London, you'll see a load of them. Yeah. And there's London's quite Why are they not in, in okay. London? I don't know. Um, yeah, because Bristol is going to be the greenest city. Come on. It's like, um, yeah. The, so you've got like Zenify and Urbit. Yeah. I know ZFI have got some, but I think they've got them in Plymouth, not in Bristol. They've decided to use more the electric bikes, like with the coffins or the, the tricycles. Um, so, and Urbit, I think they use, you know, they're, they're last mile delivery mm. companies. I'm constantly seeing around the place. Um, so they're using more the bikes rather than these little tuk-tuks. Yeah. And I don't know why that is, probably because they're a bit easier to manoeuvre, but then I suppose they're, you know, their workers are out in the rain and stuff when it's raining. Um, but yeah, I, I, so when I got my first one of these, some friends in London, they were like, oh, you've got one of them. We've started seeing them about London. Um, so I think you'll start to see more Eves in Bristol. I know that UE have just got a couple for their campus. I know that because I saw one of them, brand new, shiny one in um, the back of the van that one of the Eve guys, the maintenance guys, came out to me a couple of days ago and fitted some new screens on the bikes. Um, and I was like, oh, I was eyeing that one up in the back of the van. So UE, and I think that's for their campus to deliver mail. Okay. Again, you know, on the on the campus, being able to scoot around on the campus, big campus. Why use a petrol diesel van to do it? Um, you know, so yeah, I think you will. Um, I think you'll see you start to see more and more of them pop up. But, um, awesome! Yeah, well, I'm really excited to see where Nicky Checks goes. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, big big support of this. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> 
Yeah, Sam, thanks for coming along and joining the uh, the Fifty Shades of Trade podcast um, with Payaka. Um, and uh, yeah, good luck with everything. Great. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Cheers.